This is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremonies. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friends, events such as these will affect you in the future. Maybe not Padini, but certainly you. We are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. And that is why you're here, to listen to Padini's stories. And now, for the first time, we are bringing you the full story of what happened on that fateful journey. We are giving you all the evidence that I can provide through these old eyes, based on the other uh, testimonials. Yes, yes, yes. Testimonials of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying journey of the incidents, the places, my friends. We cannot keep this from you any longer. Let us punish those responsible and reward those of great heroism. My friends, can your hearts stand... The shocking events of the Tau Marie Celestia. I oh, oh, oh great maker. Oh, I did I see you there. See? But then you still got it, huh? Still got it. I was just practicing. Yes, yes. Not actually trying to figure out how to sell this to promoters. No, 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 no. Just practicing my lines. This is going to be a good movie. This will go to, yes, it'll be a good cinemagraph. Definitely. So Ah, so you've come back to Bedini for stories. Good, good. Now sit, have a drink, maybe have the other... What is that over there? Bourguignon or whatever it is. Eat it, eat it. It's not too bad. Take the flaky bits. So, let us continue where I left off. In the story of the Tau Marie Celestia, the great odyssey before us. When last we left our intrepid adventurers... Oh, 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 I have to forget. We have a new adventurer, but I'll get to that in a second. But when last we left our intrepid adventurers, they had tried to come together to deal with the body of Tomasi, a Pak Mara who had taken too much of the drug Amber and was having strange reactions. So they went to deal with Tomasi in his coffin bed. However, Tomasi brought visions onto them as powered by this Amber. Now Duli and Milgrat both had a conversation with the Pak Mara Tomasi in which he told them the amber, where it can be found, how it can be found, and that there is no cure, for the messenger is the message. He then vanished in a haze of, of types. Ty, on the other hand, had another vision. A vision of bugs, bugs eating heads, exploding from heads, becoming heads, great swarms of bugs everywhere. Until she found a place of peace. Did she find it with the other people who were pushing the bugs back somehow? No. She found it in a secure space where sat Alan Gibbons, a human male. This human male with a blue crystal brooch had an offer for her because she had found her way to him. Do the job. Come see him about the job. And she would be rewarded. 
However, this was just a vision as she woke up next to the body of Tomasi. Now we begin. However, as I said, we have a new player amongst our cast. Grant, a ISA officer, part of the crew of the Talmari Celestia, had been hearing rumors about what had been going on and had started doing his own investigation. And so we begin by introducing our new player to the field. And uh, uh, is somebody recording this? What is my recorder? Craig? Craig? Oh, what is Craig? Somebody get me a quarter. I need Craig. Craig, why are you at work? Told you, he's, he's upset because we didn't invite him last time. I, I do not like the concept of uh, an AI pouting. <laughs> uh, but you should be more considerate of his feelings. <laughs> Still nothing. Uh, Craig, well, can't say I didn't try. No Craig today. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is uh, Odyssey, Babylon 5 game. My name is uh, Daniel. I'll be your GM for the evening and for all time. And so joining us, uh, is Paul. Paul is one of our new uh, uh, gamers who has worked with uh, one of our players before, He's, uh, but we welcomed you to the table. Paul, introduce yourself and your character. Hi, I'm Paul, long-time uh, friend of Tori slash Dooley. Uh, I'm playing Grant Sherman, who is a human fleet officer. Yes, so this is going to be interesting to bring aboard, and we're happy to have you. By the way, thank you for, for joining us. Um, so we have now brought our team up to four. No longer the standard Bimbari 3. So, Grant, here's the best thing about being on a ship like this. Nobody's screaming on a regular basis. Hashtag goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing about being there is, again, nobody's telling you. There is a captain. She is... Uh, a, a captain whose name is Joan Storenko. Storenko, sorry. I had not quite come out of my mouth right. Uh, but Captain Storenko... A little on the older side, very well uh, veteran. Uh, she was, as far as you can tell, from EarthGov, uh, technically retired as a captain, but, you know, just taking the position on this ship because it's still good money. She's been meeting with a couple of the other crew members, you know, again, doing what you usually do. Now, you've been running ops for a while, which is everything from basic scanning, piloting, navigation, uh, make sure functionalities of the, uh, the ship are running at peak efficiency, all that kind of stuff. Surprisingly, a lot of paper pushing. Bureaucracy <laughs> never ends. <laughs> Bureaucracy is the method. However, there's still people who've been talking about a, a couple of weird instances. One was Lieutenant Denny O'Neill. Um, her real name is uh, Denise, but if you call her that, she will punch you right in the nose. But she keeps talking to, trying to talk to other people about the incident that happened during her last load. Now, this was day, a couple of days ago. You guys have been in hyperspace and traveling through uh, various systems for days. Oh, I should probably mention, since you weren't here for this, right when the ship left, hyper, uh, hyperspace uh, jump gate opened. As you were flying in, three soul hunters flew out, which kind of freaked people out for a little bit. If you see a soul hunter, that means something's going to die. To see one is rare. To see three means, oh, dear God. So that got some of your crew, even the non-superstitious ones, 
little on edge. Benny has been trying to do more. She again, she gets the pilot chair every now and then for the big vessel, but she she's mostly a shuttle pilot and a uh, fighter pilot. Uh, one of her other colleagues, Rand, was also in that same shuttle, and he kind of stopped, you know, not wanting to deal with everything. and just said, you know what? I don't know what happened. I don't want to know what happened. Goodbye. I'm just, I'm going to do my job, move forward. That's it. There are a few people on the, on the crew who have had to deal with Denny. Because most of the time before this all started, Denny was very down-to-earth, very straightforward, good pilot, good at what she did. Um, and now she's a little bit more agitated. What's worse is that the only other person that she seems to be able to talk to, the ship's commanding officer named Kali, who is a Narn, actually. Now, you may have known Kali because she too was from D5. Um, she was one of the Narns that was assigned to security when uh, Earth, Earth Force was pushed out. You also know that she walks with a little bit of a limp because one of her legs was shot off during the Earth Force boarding. So she's got a prosthetic replacement. And she's currently good. a security chief? Uh, yes. Understood. Well, it's, a good pro- it's a good prosthetic replacement. It's not like, you know, a peg leg or anything else like that. This is, of course, you know, Babylon 5. But, again, not as, not as good as normal flesh and blood leg but still really good. You suspect sometimes she's walking with a limp uh, to exaggerate a little bit. Mm. Because if nothing else, if they think you're walking with a limp and you're slow and suddenly you pounce on somebody, well, there you go. Um, Willy Wonka fake out. Yes. (laughs) A lot of the Willy Wonka fake out. But it's, again, good strategy move. Now, she is like most Narns you've encountered. Straightforward, to the point, has a sense of humor. You just gotta have to dig for it. But she's the only reason why she talks to Kali is Kali was the one who had to clean up the mess. The mess was during this little transit where whatever happened happened. And by the way, whatever happened, not everybody could believe. They just think the the scanner went out for a second. Not that the ship disappeared or anything like that. That's stupid. Uh, But for the fact that when the ship came back. People were in the wrong chair. Okay, that happens. You know, weird thing happened. But there was a blue brain covered in blue goo in the center aisle. So Kali had to deal with the brain. She had to get it to medical. Medical is still examining it because, as far as they can tell, it didn't have a body. It's kind of weird that a full organic brain would be right there. So, yeah. You've been hearing all these interesting rumors. You've been hearing all these interesting discussions. And for the most part, it is people who are like, okay, fine. You saw, it's the equivalent of, you saw a UFO, whatever, sit the hell down. So let's talk about how you have been dealing with this said situation. Okay. Enlighten me. Well, uh, strangeness, I saw quite a bit of it on B5, um, so I'm certainly no stranger to it. I came here seeking some a little more peace and security, or at least stability, and uh, I'm not terribly thrilled to see the same type of shenanigans repeating themselves on an entirely new ship. Uh, it must be happening universe-wide at this point, I imagine. Uh, so I'm just kind of rolling my eyes and uh, 
going with the flow as much as possible to the extent that uh, my you know objective is to keep all the civilians safe, all the passengers safe. So I just focus on that. Gotcha. For the again, I'm doing my job. I do not want to get deal with with strange god entities out there in the void. But if I gotta, I gotta. But you know what? I don't have to right now. Let, let, let somebody else do it. Is that about right? Uh, essentially, I mean, he's you know, as you saw in his background uh, sheet, you know, he's uh, he cares about people generally speaking. So it, you know, he won't be too hesitant to get involved. But um, you know, he wish it weren't happening. But since it is happening, he'll jump in. Okay. So, well, do you jump in to openly talk with this to Denny or Kali, or do you just kind of sit back and listen to see if there's anything that can be done? You know, I'll talk to Denny and see if there's any way I can help her uh, within reason. Uh, you know, if there's anything she needs, I'm certainly, um, you know, willing to step up and help. Okay. So while all this happens, again, I'm speeding through a couple of days as this happens. And at some point, you just kind of say, hey, hey Denny, are, are you okay? And she says, look, I just, um, so yeah, sorry about this. It's just so weird, the stuff that's been going on, I mean, between this and the uh, all the other just bizarre characters and everything else going on. And she actually, like, asks you to, like, look, can we just go grab a, a, a beer after shift and I can talk to you about this, you know? Yeah, of course. Hear me. Of course. So you guys end up at Chokar's Kill, which is a... Uh, Actually, a very good Zoom burger place run by a Drazi. Yeah, the beers there are Titanic because uh, the Drazi initial car who runs it thinks it's hilarious. But after about two or three of these, she just keeps shaking her head. She says, you know what nobody else tells about this? There was... Okay, after everything happened, after the weirdness that was, and after the decontamination, I went with Rent, uh, this Narn, this human soldier who looked like she had way too many stresses on her, on her plate. This Pachmara who wore an air freshener around its neck! Then, and this, this Drazi, is there, the, 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 the Bikari trucker who actually grabbed my chair for a minute or two during everything to make sure we were all stable and we end up here to talk things out. And what else happened? When we did this, besides we saw the, the, the Soul Hunters, besides the weirdness that everything else happened, on the ship, there was this woman. This Centauri woman. Madame something or other. She came up to us and asked if we were okay, and we said, fine, why? She said, because we're all gonna die. And none of us were ever going to return from this journey, and that this vessel was lost, and we just don't know it yet. And then she wandered away. How do you deal with that? Well, first and foremost, I would heartily recommend meditation and uh, seeing a counselor. Uh, number two, the, that Pachmara sounds very considerate, considering the known uh, smells that can uh, be associated with them. Uh, number three, this woman sounds a little unhinged, but, um, you know, we've certainly seen uh, a lot of strange things in our time. Was she talking about the shuttle or the, the or the, the liner? As far as I can tell, I think she was talking about the liner. I mean, she could be talking about the shuttle, which means, you know, my head's on the chopping block with 30 other people, but everybody else is be fighting, but... 
but everything else she's talking about, she sound like it was just an oopsie daisy. Twelve people, you know, thirty people lost. We're talking at least a good, you know, fifty thousand here. Mm. And you haven't seen her again. Uh, I haven't gone looking for her. I've been a little freaked. Well, I understand that, but you know, if this person isn't in her right mind, she could be a danger. To herself or others, um, I, I would be happy to look for her in your just to make sure she's okay. Uh, can you t- can you give me a description of what she looked like? Yeah, yeah, I can. She notes off, you know, Centauri female, very well dressed, shaved head. She jangles when she walks. Honest to goodness, like she has bells strapped to her dress. Okay, um, and so yeah, she's. Some sort of hoobity jew. Like, she mentioned her na- madam, house, something or other. Uh, she's probably on the docket for this vessel, for the vessel because she had a ticket and everything. Mm. So, let me get Good let me see if I can get you. Hmm? Yeah. Good place to start. Let me get you her her information and I'll, I'll get back to you. She raises her glass. Hey, look, thanks for looking in on this. I, I, I didn't know where else to turn. You're the only person who actually asked everything. I mean, yeah, Kali's been helpful and. Don't ask me why. I don't want to bring this to the captain. I think the second that happens, it's all over. Well, the captain's got a lot on her plate, as captains always do. And um, even Kali, you know, she's a security chief. She's got a lot going on. Uh, and so do we all. But uh, I'll, I'll make the time uh, to make sure this person's okay. Because it doesn't sound like she was in her right mind. All right. Thanks. So afterwards, she finds the information for uh, two. There was two prominent Centauri on the vessel. One was Madame Vidrasini of House Ronata. Yes, all of that is spelled out on the ID card. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was a guy known as uh, Padini Foglio. Uh, he was the only other Centauri here. Now, again, for clarification for your character, this takes place uh, a year after the Babylon 5, Babylon 5 Season 5. What that means is that the Centauri, on average, have locked themselves away. They said they want, you know, uh, Emperor Orlando says, come home. You want nothing to do with the ISA. We're here to, we're going to dress our own wounds and be Centauris for Centauri. So the number of Centauri out there are rare. They're definitely not as populous as they were. It's not uncommon to see them, but to have two here, particularly in this situation where they're both in that weird vessel, Kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh. I will also specify, just for your own sake, there is one other Centauri you know on board. He's technically the ship's designer. This is technically a shakedown cruise. This is its maiden voyage, and he's there to make sure everything is okay and, and works right. He worked closely with the design of uh, the manufacturers and everything else like that to give Centauri elegance to the proceedings. Understood. So, after some research, you find out these character, these people. Foglio is somewhere, actually has a first-class suite. Um, he apparently is listed with a number of people in that first-class suite, but whatever. Madame Vidrasini, she, however, is in the secondary class. She's not first class, she's not serious, she's in the second class. And she's registered as a vendor, of all things. Hmm. So. Maybe she sells the uh, things that jingle. <laughs> one can hope so but yes uh, she has a small well not small small but a small enough booth 
along along the main uh, promenade deck. Promenade deck it runs the, kind of the core of the, the vessel. It kind of operates a bit like a mall with multi layers on it. And there's uh, a train that goes from one end to the actually train is kind of a uh, oversimplification, but there is a uh, tram that goes from one end of a ship to the other that the main vessel gun and goes on. And there's redistributed TV sets everywhere so people get views of the outside with the illusion that they're kind of walking amongst the stars or everything else like that. It kind of helps with the atmosphere. Sure. So, but you find uh, Madame Vitrosini. She uh, has a shop. When you approach it, the shop is known as Madame's Vitrosini's Fortunes, Prophecies, and Other Explanations. Hmm. I'll approach the shop and uh, see if she's in. Okay. You open the shop. Door opens easily. You walk in. Uh, beads everywhere. Curtains everywhere. The scent of, of kind of some strange incense permeates your nose. And you walk in. There, it's not large, large. It's large enough for table, a couple of chairs, some shelves with some bottles and some trinkets on it, a couple of uh, uh, statues here and there of Centauri gods that you don't recognize because I don't think you have familiarity with Centauri. Mm-mm. You walk in. She is dressed very well. Almost Centauri courtly attire, but maybe a season or two or three or four out of date. When she walks, her hands are always up. In other words, she never lets them drop to the side. They're always like at chest level or face level, and the the palms are either open or slightly curled closed. They're not like fists or anything else like that. So she constantly has her hands in motion at almost the exact same spot. But she says, oh... Good afternoon, officer. Please, please come in. We are always eager to prepare for for, uh, for our casting crew. Please, please take a seat. How can I, Madame Vitrasini, bid you welcome and uh, do for you on this lovely day? Fortune told, psychic visions. Would you like me to probe the recesses of your memories, or perhaps you are looking for visions of your future? Uh, let's start with a fortune, if you don't mind. Oh. Very well, very well. And this is where you make the GM work for it. Uh, so, by the way, just to let you know, because everybody else has figured this out, and um, every all my other gamers know this, I have a couple of packs of cards that I keep near my desk at all time. Uh, one is specifically called a the Pathfinder Plot Twist Cards. My gamers have learned to fear them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so... She sits you down. She takes out a number of circular cards. Again, you don't recognize anything. They're very well done art, but she asks you to shuffle them. I do so. Okay. So you shuffle them a couple times, hand them back. She immediately, you know, starts putting out the cards here and there's, ah, let us see what the, go- uh, what the gods above have yet to say for you. Ah, you have had some terrible troubles. You in war. You have fought against great darkness, and you came out the other side, not entirely clean, but clean. And you have been blessed. Blessed a lot, but things have changed. Things have changed for you very much. Life is too slow for you now. But there is something coming. I know... She puts out a few more I know that you are looking to be the master of your own destiny. 
You wish to master a vessel to bring justice and 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 the great balancing to the universe. Are you a body? Are you sorry, human body? I, I think you may be a little bit body. Maybe human body is only human body. I hear about that a lot. It's got a lot of fun. It's got a lot of fun. <laughs> However, I see in your future travel, unwelcome visitors and unwelcome guests. You are on this path now that leads you to a ship not entirely of your own, but one that you have dominion of but will bring you great glory and great disaster is done wrong. And you're not a colonist, no? No. You are flip flip. Ah, an adventurer. An adventurer of the outworld. And you're looking for something. What are you looking for? She actually like puts the cards down and stares at you like she's confused with the question. I'm looking for you, actually. Madam oh, uh, you... Vidrasini. Oh, you flatterer! You <laughs> oh, sorry. I, ha- I have not had such interactions with humans before. Oh, you flatterer! Oh, please, please. oh no, no, Go no. On. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's dial that back a little bit, madam. Uh, I assure you, my um, intentions are purely above board. I oh. heard that you uh, spoke, perhaps a prophecy. Uh, to someone that uh, everyone on this ship was going to die. Can you oh, tell yes. me a little bit, bit about that? Oh, yes, we're all going to die. Very soon, actually. Um, well, I guess to be more accurate, we are on a journey from which none of us will return correctly. So is this a physical or a metaphorical death? She kind of looks at you strangely. When you've been doing this for as long as I have, when you have studied the great mysteries that are out there to understand the gift of Centauri prophecy, then you know there's no difference from what you're asking. Mm. Well, cells change, they die, they come back. Events, you know, transform who you are as a person. I'm going to assume this is all very metaphorical. If you have some sort of have had some sort of vision of people actually dying, I would very much like to know about it. You did see the uh, soul hunters that passed. I can tell you, she flipped out a couple more cards. They're not looking for you, and they're not looking for me, but they're looking for people on this ship. People, plural. Indeed. Why, Why else would they send three? If it was just the one, they would send one. That's fair. But I can tell you this, as I told the other people. Very few people on this vessel are who they say they are. And I think you know that too. I think you caught a glimpse of that earlier. But she flips a few more cards. I don't know if I should tell you this. I think I have to. She then kind of like says, hold up, I must check. She grips the table, closes her eyes in a way that makes you think that she's doing some sort of meditation or breathing technique, until she starts vibrating. Just... <sighs> she immediately points at various cards. She starts tapping, looks like, four cards over and over again. Okay. And the four, card, yeah. the four cards she's looking at are labeled The Change, The Journey, The Hallucination, and The Truth. She kind of like 
shakes her head a bit, releases the table, breathes in. Ah, ah, I don't know if I got through or nothing. Did something happen while I was gone for a second? Well, first off, do you require a medical professional? Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, Tentari, I'm a prophetess. This happens. You get used to it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. Well, in that case, you did point multiple times to four cards. Uh, and I point them out to her. They were the, the chain, the change, the journey. And I tried to remember what the other two were. It's all right. Uh, one was the hallucination, the other was the truth, but you, you, mm. you even in your character, you kind of go end up of whatever this is and whatever that is. Gotcha. Yeah. And she goes, oh, that is fascinating. It's a great message. Do you know what it means? I have no clue. I do. Each of these cards are a number. 3827486. So I need you to go to cabin 3847426. Okay, uh, do I owe you something for this? Oh, you flatterer! I, 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 you have made this old woman's heart go, hearts go flutter, flutter. That's enough for now. We'll discuss things later. Don't worry, go, 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 go. I can't. Okay. And that was 3847426? Something like that, yep. Okay. So, you find out there actually is a cabin under that number that's in steerage. Uh, technically, it's a sector code plus the actual cabin number. They always refer to it differently to the service people than they do to the, the, the passengers. However, you did go to the uh, steerage area and – sorry, not steerage – to the second-class area to one of the quarters here that's actually part of the alien sector. Now, it's not the high alien sector with the methane breathers, but it's definitely not the Mimbari, Narn, Small Centauri, Drazi – or Bricari sectors, uh, or, and it's not the human sector at all. So it's one of the other ones that uh, Captain Serenko refers to as the more strange type. Mm-hmm. You know, those who are not, as she might say, further away from uh, established core world norm. This includes Pakmara, the uh, insectal creatures, which they never give a name, a few other races, which, again, they never really give a name, and the Abai. And the brie. But there is a cabin. Looks like it's somebody's, uh, somebody's cabin. I um, will knock on the door. Okay. Well, this being Babylon 5, you don't knock so much as there is a chime to, to you know, press a button and chimes. Um, as you do so, this is when we bring Julie and <laughs> Mugrat into the situation. So, Julie and Mugrat just had a nice long talk with somebody who may or may not have actually been there. Yeah, perfect course. <laughs> so after the discussion with Tomasi, um, who vanished in a puff of light, uh, taking with him apparently the cube of amber that he was holding, uh, that he had post, uh, placed on a table, which is now gone. No, gone. The amber, not the table. Table's fine. Well, you're shaking your heads and kind of doing, what was that? Oh, and even, and even um, I believe we ended on... Uh, Mirgrad's quote of, huh, so what are we going to do with all these fuzzy handcuffs? And there's a chime at the door. I literally just, you know, couldn't have timed it any weirder. I look at Mirgrad and say, it's your quarters, you answer the door. I'm just going to shrug uh, and uh, 
like pull out another air freshener to put on and answer the door. This one has a smiley face on it. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm breaking into the pack that that uh, Dooley got me from the from the mini mart where I was reading Cosmos. <laughs> Careful, they have a, a bunch of other ones that are technically B five and as symbols, you know, from various organizations, various groups, and corporations, um, including yes, you do have one that you're kind of saving for a special occasion, which is the commemorative. Uh, Rebo and Zuti air freshener. <laughs> so you put on the air freshener and you come to the door and there is a officer, an actual crew member, who's standing in front of you. I think I'm going to like take a split second to panic because I am technically responsible for Ty and she isn't here, <laughs> which means she may be off during the time. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, 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 I see the officer I quickly pick up the padded handcuffs and throw them in a corner I have to ask for, for Grant oh go ahead go ahead please oh sorry greetings human how may, I, how may I be of assistance uh well I um I'm I'm not entirely sure a fortune teller sent me this way and uh do you need help um th- at this point uh do you know I have to ask do you know how to do die rolls on Discord I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure is it uh yeah. Ice Maiden yeah I'm good yeah yeah. Uh, if you'd be so kind in the oh. dice roll ch- uh, text channels, can you give me a spot check? Okay. Or, excuse me. Excuse me. I hate it. Sorry, they keep adjusting the names for things. Uh, it's actually a... Notice. 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 Thank you. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. So you completely missed the Narn shoving fuzzy handcuffs, restraints, and a spreader bar into the side of a room. So yes, you say, you know, uh, uh, I believe a fortune teller sent me. You're correct, do they? Would this be a Centauri fortune teller? Uh, yes. Um, Madam, uh... Yeah, Madam Sir Fively Sir Fively Insane. I keep referring back to a notepad. Yes, Madam uh, Vidrasini sent me here. Still insane. Uh, do you know why she sent you here? Um, I believe she may have had a stroke uh, <laughs> and then told me to come here. I'm not entirely sure. She declined medical assistance. That sounds about right. She well, did say something uh, about hallucinations. Dooley looks startled, scared, and confused. All the same look. <laughs> this is where, uh, this is where uh, Paul. I will need that one's also, I believe, a notice for the. Or is there a sense motive? Uh, yeah, yeah, I need a sense motive from you, and from Dooley, I need a bluff check. Oh well, good. That's higher than average for me. <laughs> not your day. No, no, it doesn't. It's not Dooley's day either. This is only my first roll. (laughs) But you rolled a one with your first roll. I will say that. Well, okay, yes, but, you know. So, yeah, so basically there was the whole, 
she is, you know, for lack of a better term, she is sweaty, she is nervous looking and going, there's nothing to see here! And you basically, <laughs> Grant responded, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, do you want to be hospitable? Wait, you're Julie, you just asked yourself. I mean, I'm seeing Samirka. Do you want to be, do you want to be hospitable? For a minute, I, I, I thought you were asking, do you want to be hospital? And I was like, yes, I can be hospital. I have a very high medical rating. <laughs> Which, by the way, I would, if, if I was writing this, I would keep that line. Yes, because of the language issues, that would be perfect. <laughs> yes, hospitality is an important social convention. Please, come in! Uh, thank you. And I write down um, hospitable in my notebook. Would <laughs> <laughs> you like some tea? Uh, certainly. I'm assuming there's some sort of food dispenser thing here. There's some basic stuff. Again, it's not great, but it's it's. this has been a place where you can have basic beverages produced, no problem. Uh, it probably works not unlike a hotel cabin, you know, a hotel room where there's like a small coffee maker and a couple of pre-made coffee selections and a couple other beverage selections just in case you want something while you're there because they want to encourage you to be out but at the same time it's there so it's probably you know it's not the greatest of uh, uh, beverages to offer but it's something yeah so by the way this is the greatest situation so far of i have absolutely nothing to hide i don't think you have uh, i don't think you have anything to hide great because i have absolutely nothing to hide yeah Um, so I say, I, I'd like to ask you some questions, if that's okay. Uh, yes. So, I, I've, first off, um, I suppose you don't have any terrorist ties, do you? Have any what? Oh, terrorist, terrorist ties. ties. What? what? What kind of question is that? What? Do individuals normally answer in the affirmative when you ask that question? Uh, typically they don't. Oh, uh, Grant, I do have to mention to you, this is a Pakmara who's speaking through a translator. So normally when she talks, it's when they talk, excuse me, uh, it's all that kind of stuff. However, normally the responses from these uh, translators are very robotic. You know, yes, how can I help you? Kind of female, but very low, melodic, mechanical voices. Mm-hmm. This one's set to J-pop, uh, J-pop idol singer on crack. <laughs> Understood. Mirkabat does a lot of interspecies work, and after analyzing the results from a number of surveys, uh, they settled on the single tone of voice that was most likely to come across as friendly and non-threatening. It just happens this. She hopes instead it's mostly startling and terrifying. <laughs> Listen, we're still working out the bugs here. Right. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, no terrorist ties? Uh, none that we will admit to. None that they will admit to. <laughs> okay. Mirkat, I don't think that's quite the answer he's looking for. The answer would be no. <laughs> Other person says no. Um, I'm here because I was asking a fortune teller about, you know, everyone dying, death, destruction. And uh, she pointed me here. So I'm, you know, 
curious uh, if you know or are personally planning, you know, to kill everyone or know anyone who is. I have no plans to kill anyone at this time. Okay, duly noted. Um, thank you. What, what 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 is your job on this ship? I have to ask. Oh, I'm operations. It's and my job you're... to uh, oversee policies and procedures that they are implemented correctly. Are fortune tellers a regular part of these policies? Uh, no, but they. I mean, I was talking to someone who uh, is having a little bit of. Uh, Post-traumatic stress disorder, and um, that's how I ended up talking to a fortune teller because the fortune teller apparently caused the PTSD. I'm just trying to trace it back to whatever the source of all the kerfuffle is at this point. I would assume it's the fortune teller based on your previously provided information. Yeah, she's a little... I don't think she's the source of the issue. She seems to be uh, affected what, by something else, perhaps. What is the issue? Well, her claim that everyone's going to die and uh, that there's no avoiding it. And you believe her? I don't believe anyone at this time. Uh, but, you know, it, I would be remiss if I didn't follow the line of, uh, a line of questioning. What do you think could cause that? I have no idea. That's why I'm asking you. Have you experienced anything unusual lately? Okay, this, now we need the blood check from both of you. Oh, no. Dooley's lost it. She's just laughing hysterically. She literally sits down on the floor and just starts laughing. <laughs> she goes, well, let's start with the blue brain, shall we? Oh, the blue brain was excellent. I heard about that, but uh, have not seen it personally. Well, you missed it. It, I think it became lunch, Mirgrat? Correct. Lunch. Wow. With that implication. Yeah, question mark. What's <laughs> that implication? The brain was delivered to the proper authorities. Oh, okay. I thought they had released it to you. Um, I have yet to regain possession of said brain. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, I this... was unclear if said brain was even edible. <laughs> yeah, this. Uh, this journey has been extremely um, interesting. We are enjoying the amenities on the Odyssey today. At this point, Grant pretty much just stops writing because he can't keep up with all of this. And he closes <laughs> the book. Uh, okay, why, why are you interested in the brain out of curiosity? I'm a scientist. Clearly. He's interested. They, they are interested in everything. Okay, so what's your involvement? Uh, what did you say your name was again? Dooley. I'm actually Dooley. not involved with the brain. I, I, Yeah, I'm not involved with the brain at all. That was just the first strange thing I encountered on this trip. First strange thing? What are the others? Mm, well. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, well, you know, various events and... Dooley has bravely gone very nearly inside of a Pachmara cafeteria. Uh, that does sound brave. <laughs> I, I stood near the fringes. I couldn't go inside. I, I did go inside their meeting hall. And yeah, this is the this is the interesting event. 
oh, that's just one. <laughs> like I said, there have been multiple interesting events. Hmm, how to put this? Go I ahead and try. am investigating a drug that affects the Narn, and now we know it affects the Pakmara very poorly, trying to determine the source of it. And my investigation has led me to this ship. At this point, Grant reopens his notebook and starts writing again. (laughs) (laughs) Drugs. Which has led me to question a lot of interesting people I might not normally meet in life. And you are a private investigator, or...? Joe Ling is a formal attaché of the current Pop-Murad diplomatic mission on this ship. I see. Yeah. And since this now affects the Pakamara, uh, we are trying to determine the source. Right, the source of the drug. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about this drug? It causes hallucinations to a dangerous level in the Pakamara. Uh, feeling of euphoria. It's got an unusual chemical makeup. I see. Is there a... Can you... T- Describe it to me. What does it look like? Uh, does it have a name? Uh, it's called Amber. It looks like a one-inch cube of kind of clear, sticky material, although it crumbles quite easily. That's how humans take it. They usually chip off a piece and, and pound it into dust and somehow you know either ingest it or snort it. Or I've seen one person claim they injected it, but I don't know how that went for them. Um, I, what are, effect does it have on humans? Uh, a feeling of euphoria, mostly. A uh, feeling like you're flying and very happy and could conquer the world type of thing. I see. Opioid. <laughs> <laughs> And you're tracing dealings of this uh, drug. We're attempting to. Have you reported any of this to the uh, security of the ship? Let's see, there, there are complications in working with security. I suppose. Uh, what kind of complications? Um, of the Narn Centauri type of complications. And well, I don't yes. have complications with the Pachamara, but yeah. I'm aware that the Narn and the Centauri don't have, historically at least, have not uh, cared a whole lot for one another. All That's right, so you're lightly. uncomfortable with dealing with the Centauri, and you yourself are Narn. Doodly mm-hmm. equals N-A-R-N. Uh, so what are your, I mean, the, the presence of drugs is not entirely unexpected, but of course concerns me as it should concern the crew of the ship uh, vis-a-vis the safety of the uh, passengers. Um, what's your next step? We're going to find our friend Ty. Yeah, we, we need to connect with a friend of ours. We were helping with Pac Mara that uh, ingested too much of the drug and we got separated. So we need to go oh, compare dear. notes. Compare notes with them. Well, uh, I mean, this the, the presence of a drug running rampant through the personnel on this ship is, of course, a serious concern. 
Um, if you're willing to work with me, I would be happy to liaise on your behalf. I understand concerns dealing directly with security personnel. Rest assured, I am not security. Uh, I am simply uh, willing to assist in good faith if you will uh, allow me. This sounds like an excellent arrangement. Yeah, uh, we could use more help. Okay, yeah. Um, let's get to the bottom of this drug, certainly. He closes his pad and puts it in his breast pocket. Okay. This is a good place for you to pause for you guys, because there's somebody else we need to talk to talk about for a second. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Let's talk Ty. So, yeah, waking up, basically cuddling up against uh, not just a corpse, but a Pac Mora corpse, or as they like to call it, soon-to-be food. Um, hey, endocannibalism is a valid cultural practice that shows up in a lot of different societies. That is true. You I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> all I have to say is never say this to anybody of the Church of All Worlds. They get pissed off about it. I don't... Is is that a reference? Actually, a uh, quick side note here. There is an organization out there called the Church of All Worlds. Um, it is one of the largest or was at one point one of the largest pagan organizations out there. Um, not like traditional pagan, kind of, anyway, complicated. However, um, it's based off the book Stranger in a Strange Land, in which uh, the character of Michael, who is a uh, raised by native Martians, complicated, uh, mentioned that the Martian people practice a form of cannibalism where you eat the people you treasure to bring their presence within you. And so there's other philosophies in there about the Church of All Worlds, um, which if you ever read A Stranger in a Strange Land or see the uh, overly sarcastic productions YouTube uh, abbreviation of it, which I can't recommend enough. It's damn hilarious. Uh, yeah. Cannibalism is a major factor of the book. So the Church of All Worlds likes to embrace some of the ideology. So if you ask them, are you cannibals? They get really pissed off about that. I mean, endocannibalism shows up in a decent number of Earth cultures as well. Yeah. Mm. Like, much more commonly than exocannibalism. Oh, yeah. Well, again, because that's whole, you know, feeding upon the families, bringing those cherish into you and, and their strength, their wisdom, all the rest of that. And that's not even including the other, as you said, the exocannibalism of eating the heart of your enemy to gain their bravery. Among other things. Yeah. So, anyway... Anyway, <laughs> strange discussion that's going to be cut out of the podcast over continuing on. So, uh, I mean, you can leave it in. I'll talk cannibalism all day. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that will be the quote of the day for, t- for this episode session. Uh, I can talk cannibalism all day. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Ty, you are, you know, in the uh, capsule hotel. There's a, a body that. Uh, if you thought they smelled bad before, uh, mm-hmm. very obviously dead, not moving, not breathing, eyes not blinking, mouth tendrils not doing anything. Um, well, I wake up and, like, look around because this is not where I thought I was when I fell asleep. And then I see the dead Pac morale and just, like, myself out of the, the bed <laughs> as far away as possible from it. Well, that's the thing. This is a capsule hotel. The bed is the hotel. 
You know what I mean? Like, get out of the thing. I get out of the thing. You're probably, like, you're probably like kicking the door open, kind of to the open up, open up, open up. Um, it's not still locked. So yeah. <laughs> thankfully, it's not locked. It opens, you know, automatically. So you have to wait for the mechanism to open for you. Uh, you just can't kick it open, but it does open. You're able to uh, to climb out, no problem. Um, so I scramble out of that thing and like get away from it, and then just like look around because this is not where I was before. I, I mean, I was here before, but the people I was here with are gone, and now there's a dead body. Um, so I'm thinking that I'm gonna leave ASAP before someone tries to arrest me again. Okay, give me a notice check, please. Yes. Okay. Yep, sorry, I had a brain fart for a sec. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't put a window. So 16. So in your panic, you kind of like open the door, and you're like, okay, thankfully, okay, this is not the worst that could have happened, because uh, number one, you're still fully dressed. Number two... Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is a great line from, from uh, the great improv line from the movie Iron Man of okay, let's admit, this is not the worst thing you ever caught me doing. It's, you know, again, it's one of those situations of the, okay, this is bad. Not the worst I've ever done, but bad. Um, but you kind of scramble out there, and you notice very quickly, based on the, the the writings and everything else around you, that this is very much the Pacmara section. You were, that's where you, again, dead Pacmara, makes sense, but that's where you, where Neograt led you and Julie to deal with the situation. So, while you, you kind of scramble out, and immediately the first thing that comes to your mind is you're looking at, oh, God, hope nobody saw me. This is where it gets a little strange. Again, what happened? But when you immediately climb out, you see a Mimbari here. He's, um, looks like he's in a religious cast robes. Um, he kind of, he's bowing and having a discussion with uh, one of the Pakmara. Um, and they're speaking in a dialect you don't know. Because uh, I believe all you speak is uh, Brikari and human, correct? Uh, and Narn, but yes. None and Narn, of... yeah. yeah. yeah none, of, none of the Mimbari caste languages and none of the Pakbara languages. Um, no. So they're having a, a discussion, and when you kind of stumble out, immediately the, uh, the, the religious one bows to, to, to the Pakbara, looks over at you, and kind of, kind of comes up to you going, oh, uh, please excuse me. Are you okay? Do you require assistance? You seem to be in some distress. I am totally fine, man. I don't know. I don't know what you saw, but it wasn't what you think you saw. I don't really know what what you saw either, but it wasn't what you think it was. Whatever you think. He he pauses for a second, blinks. Ah, you've had ranger training. I understand. The things that we see are not always what they see, and those that happen uh, that we see may not have happened. But then again, they may have. But in that case, neither of one of those is my concern. My concern is, are you okay? You seem to be under some distress. You're also a Bricari in the middle of a Pakmara section, climbing out of a, of a Pakmara capsule hotel with the words, Danger, do not open, written on the outside. It would take an extremely long time to explain everything. Have you seen uh, Narn around here? I have They're seen many There's some air fresheners on them, just in this area. Um, I've not, by knowledge, I came checking with uh, another spiritual seeker uh, on my quest, but I, there was part of another Narn a little while ago. 
um, from what I understood. By the way, give me a no- another notice check and make it a good one. <laughs> it's not going to be a good one. Well, let's see what you get. There's times worse things. Oh! Okay. Like I, like I said. <laughs> this will haunt you for a while. You don't know what it is. You don't know why it is. But you've known you've seen this other Mimbari before. And it's going to haunt you for a while. And he basically says, please, if, if you were in need of assistance and if you're in a situation, allow me to escort you. If you do not wish, I will back off. But I understand how important some of these things can be. Um, I don't really need any help, man. I just, I'm going to go find the people that were here. Maybe they went to the bathroom or something and left me. And this is all a very weird dream or prank. I understand. I hope this is no dream and that you find the way you're through, and I hope you find the home you seek. Um, give me a intelligence check. So that's just basically, in this case, uh, what's, your, what's your base intelligence? 13. 13. Okay, so I need you to roll a, just a straight d20, and if it's 13 or under, you make it. If it's 14 or over, you didn't. Okay? Result 18. Oof. So close to a plot point. Um, oh, no! <laughs> everything's going great. <laughs> um, basically, again, the word home just kind of itches in the back of your head in a weird way. Like, again, this is also probably Ty doing the, am I going about to have another change of life experience? I've had seven in the last four days. I just, like, uh, stand there for a second and just stare at him and, like, start backing away slowly <laughs> towards the door. <laughs> he, he he bows and, you know, with the traditional Mimbari, you know, interlacing the fingers, putting the thumbs together in the triangle, he bows. And he then keeps his eyes closer to the floor, you know, just kind of looking down. You got to back away, round the corner, and run. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so where are you running to, I guess, is one good question. Uh, that is a good question. For a minute, I'm just running away, because when you're running away, you just run. And then I, like, realize that I have to go somewhere, so I guess I'm going to head back to Mirgarat and Dooley's quarters, because where else would I go? Fair enough. Um, so, you actually do run up to the main corridor, again, because that's basically where you're going to emerge from where you are. You head up to the main corridor with the, 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 the malls and the tra- and the tram and everything else like that. Give me a will save. Which is going to be again uh, your will score and d twenty. Okay. Oh, a one. Perfect. That's uh, like my best one too. <laughs> um. So you come up, and for a moment, you when you get up to the main stairwell to the corridor, you stop and you freeze because you remember what you saw here last time. Mm-hmm. Last time you were here. It was covered in insects and bugs everywhere, heads exploding, reforming, a couple of weird instances on the side, and for a moment, you lock up. You also remember seeing Joey, the, the gangster, coming up behind you, tapping his head, and tapping your shoulder, asking you a question, and then his head explodes. But you just kind of, you freeze for a moment in almost terror for a second. When you do that, another Mimbari approaches you. Now, this one you know. This is a Paro. Um, this is the... Uh, Sheriff guy. Mm-hmm. So he comes up because again, it looks like he'd been parading, uh, patrolling around the main corridor. He comes up and he goes, "Oh, I was looking for you. 
I have news. And he look, you know, he stops mid-sentence. And you are not having a good day. You can say that again. He nods, bows, he goes, goes, brings out a small recorder, a uh, small communicator from his pocket, kind of clicks it. Uh, this is a message for uh, Dooley. I have your friend. Please, are you available? Are you available? For a moment, there's no response. And he says, I believe I know where they went. If you follow me, I can take you to your friends. I look doubtful, but I just kind of like shrug and follow him. Okay. <clears throat> so he does take you towards it, you know, on the, you know, the tram to the second class uh, area. By the way, I need one other notice check from you just because I think it's fun. It is fun. <laughs> it's really fun watching me not get these. Uh, but, but watch, it means you'll get a 20 on this roll. No, but good enough for Jazz. He helps you onto a tram, tram loads up, starts heading towards second class area. But as you load up, you see a small eating area, not even a cafe, just, you know, almost like one of those, um, you know those places where you order food, but you don't actually have a seat, you just have a, have a bar that you stand at while you look outside? Or is like that kind of like a food court? Must be a New Yorker thing. Never I can yeah, what this looks like. Uh, imagine, if you will, there is a bar on a wall. In front of you is a mirror. You have a space about maybe a foot and a half wide on a very long wooden bar that is about, uh, about three feet off the ground. There's no chair or nothing. You just stand there. You have a place to put your food so you can eat and, talk, uh, eat and look out the window. Never seen this uh, in my life, but I'll take your word for it. They had them in New York in the 80s. That much I can ever verify. But this is where you see. And for a moment, you see a person eating something. Kind of looks like a donut. Kind of, if you squint. But it's a gentleman with familiar hair, with a beard, and a blue gem that he seems to be wearing. And you go, I know that person. And wait, is that? Doors closed. Off you go. Once you get to the section, Haro, uh is kind enough not to talk. He just says, you know, unless we need to look this way, please, this way. And he leads you to a part of the section, a part of the ship you don't know. But he says, he says, I, from what I have been able to see, they are here. Perhaps uh, the community uh, door com. And Grant, Mirgrat, and Dooley, where we left off in your conversation is where it begins again. So a lot of the stuff that just happened to Ty was happening the same time as you guys were having your conversation with Grant. Okay. Yep. You hear me? There yes. we go. Yay. Right. I was wondering why I was so quiet. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> I was expecting giggles or something like that with all the weird dice rolling. It's like, oh, it's just me and Ty. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's a dorm chime right in the middle of, you know, Mirgrat, Julie, and Grant discussing the drug run. <laughs> and Grant saying, is there something I can do to offer help and this and that? And there's a chime at the door. Okay. Well, I'm going to go answer it. Uh, okay. Because I, I, this thing, I keep feeling like uh, uh, Mirgrat will do this every time because it's the, it's the pinnacle of courtesy. You always answer the door. <laughs> and so uh, you open the door and there's Ty looking bedraggled, scared. Disheveled. Shoveled is a good, good, a good metaphor. Uh, also is a paro, which is a, uh, you don't know a paro, but Dooley does. He's, uh, he is a, uh, Mimbari dressed in ranger robes. Oh, uh, wait. That wasn't the one we met, right? Yes, it was. Well, 
Okay. So Mirgrat doesn't know him, but Ty and I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll kind of look behind Ty and give a little wave. And Ty, uh, we have a new friend who is asking about what strange events we've lived through for the past few days. Yeah, we've been many. Yeah, what the hell, guys? Where were you? Where did you go? Uh, we followed the floating Pachmara. Grant writes down floating Pachmara. <laughs> you just left me? I, like, um, look around I for a floating Pachmara and don't see one. I guess I just, like, kind of give up. I don't think we had a choice. It seemed to have been some sort of shared vision thing. Oh. You just didn't let me in on your shared vision, then. That's cool. Uh, we weren't controlling it. The floating Pakmara seemed to be. Mm. Well, uh, your uh, buddy is dead. I talked to Mir- I'm like talking to Mirgrat. I don't remember his name. The one that you wanted us to bring here. I don't know if you still want us to bring Thomas- him here, but sorry, go ahead. Tomasi, this is an interesting development. We were under the impression that we had brought them here. Well, he's back where you left him. I don't know if you still want him or not, but I I don't know what you would want him for, so don't tell me. <laughs> Aparo immediately goes, yes, please do not tell us. <laughs> uh, Julie looks in the corner to make sure that all the gear is still kind of hidden. This is very Where have it? Oh, sorry. Let's go with Mirgrad first. You talked. You, you, you won the, the the contest last time. Go ahead. <laughs> Please excuse me. I must arrange for proper funeral preparations. Okay. I, I, I'm okay. sorry. If any other situation, if there was another character on here that I was writing, I believe there was like we must prepare for proper funeral uh, uh, preparations. And I hear someone going, "I believe that's called sautéing." <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're having tea. Do you want some? Sure, what the hell? Uh, and I forgot the ranger's name. Uh, Aparo. Aparo just oh. raises his hand. Thank you, I am fine. Do you want to come in, or are you just decorating the corridor? I was investigating the uh, situation you asked, asked of me, but please, I, I will join you, if I may. Sure. He comes in, he looks over at the uh, at Grant. He bows, doing the traditional Mimbari, I am a ranger bow. Grant does a little salute back. Grant, do you have uh I don't have your character sheet in front of me because uh, I'm juggling screens. Uh, do you have any background with any Mimbari or knowledge knowledge Mimbari or knowledge Ranger? No, to both. Okay, go ahead and give me another intel- an intelligence check the same way I asked of of Sorcerer. Basically, your intelligence you roll under that. What's your intelligence? Thirteen. Thirteen. Hey, again. And I rolled 18. Amazing. (laughs) Apparently the universe has something to say about that. Okay, so he looks kind of familiar, but you're like, eh. You know, it's not like you haven't seen a Mimbari Ranger before. Right. Uh, But he nods and bows. He says, I have, you asked me before about how to find Technomages and other interesting devices. Uh, I, like, roll my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Roll your eyes at Ty or or just at the situation? The Technomage. 
thing. <laughs> I immediately just roll my eyes. Really just sighs. <laughs> he looks over. Is this something I should not have addressed? You're asking uh, the wrong you're, person. You're fine. <laughs> I, I go get the tea. <laughs> he just says, very well. And he sits in the chair, just kind of like puts his hands back and does the whole, I understand. Mouth closed, eyes open, done. He has gotten for everybody. It is fragrant. It is by some stretches of fancy tea. For the human on board, tea has a general feel of either a black tea, maybe a green tea. Occasionally you get like a chamomile or something like that. This isn't that. The closest metaphor that can be given is, and I've had this, shrimp-based bouillon cubes. Uh, <laughs> 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 or if you've ever been to a crawfish boil, that, that scent that you get from the crawfish water, not sure. like that. Crawfish water is a, is a, just such a viscerally upsetting phrase. <laughs> Fish water. <laughs> I do my best to choke it down, but my face betrays my uh, uh, my impulse. As your as your mouth is saying, "Stop that!" Your throat is saying, "Get rid of it!" And your body's like, "Just just let it through." It's called willpower. Yes, <laughs> choke it down. Uh, it's, how, it's how some people get through certain whiskeys. Paro seems to take it as if nothing's wrong. Just drinks it was. Again, Ty is probably doing the whole. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm, yeah, here. Don't care. I just uh, stand there with it. I'm not drinking it, just holding it. <laughs> so, but I did, went looking for more information as you were looking for Technomage and Technomage technology, were you not? Well, yes. Good. If you wish me to have a, uh, to have a discussion with you about this philosophical nature, Later, I am more than happy to leave you at your uh, at your at your bidding. If you need, I can go back on patrol. There is always things to be observed. We can discuss it now if you wish. There's no point in you having you come back and interrupt your day again. So many things to see, you know. Indeed, but as I said before, I am interested in justice and order. So I am more than happy to return. In the, in the name of justice and order. Okay. Uh, well, this is where we'll be for the most part. Um, you can also, you know, send a message to the room. There or your other locale, I'm assuming, correct? Well, my room, yes. Very well. He nods. Lieutenant Commander, thank you for your service. If you have any need of the Rangers or myself, please let me know. Uh, thank you. This is a very strange and unusual time. He also turns back... Uh, to tie. I hope you are well. I hope the sting of the new tattoo is not causing any more problems. Bows again. I just stare at him. <laughs> He's like, I can turn your head. I have a cup of hot water. I know what to do with this. <laughs> Time <Ta-da>! to. <laughs> so he uh, gets up, leaves, you know, bows and closes the door gone. So, Ty, by the way, yeah, did I mention there's a um, crew member, an obvious lieutenant commander of uh, the Army of Light, possibly of Earth for- EarthGov, sitting in the room with your cohorts. Oh, yeah, that's about right. 
I wasn't talking for a second there. <laughs> I turned to Ty and I introduced myself. Said, "Hello, my name is Grant Sherman. I'm uh, a member of the crew. Um, I was having a conversation with your friends. I say that questioningly <laughs> as I look to the others. I, I guess your friends uh, <laughs> about uh, apparently." some drugs that are making its way through the uh, personnel on board, causing some issues. Are you a cop? <laughs> the, uh, n- no, I- I'm, I'm operations. I'm not security. You look like a cop. <laughs> well, I am wearing a uniform. That That, that is true. Uh, but uh, I'm here in good faith. I assure you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a problem with cops? I'm guessing you do. So, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love that. Do you have a problem with cops? Pause. So! Like, <laughs> looking at him. Grant, write down in his notebook, has a problem with cops. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Um, oh. um, so, how about that drink? Since we're all friends now, we could go get a drink. It's probably better than my tea. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Grant, search the tea down. You're so very good at that. Not saying things. I... I have to learn how to do that better. Yes, that is one of your failings, I have noticed. Since you pointed out. <clears throat> Let's go get a drink. Let's go. See, there we go. Drinks. Drinks for everyone. This is why we have this. And you are, of course, pay Padini with drinks. Yes, for the good story. But you must come back. One, I need more drinks. And two, you need to know what they discussed and where this is going and how exactly is the messenger, the message. You must come back to Padini next time to find out these things and bring your friends. I have more cards to uh, to give out. Plenty more. And that's where we end for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticism, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Trzynski and is owned by Warner Brothers Domestic Television. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by Mongoose Publishing utilizing the OGL gaming license of D20. Our theme music was composed by Evan King. His song Titan Striker is available on YouTube and at evankingmusic.com. Incidental music and background was provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Please see websites for more information. Again, I am Daniel, and I thank you all for joining us on this adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.